Sammy. And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Sammy, and I'm here with Kristen. Hi. And it is May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we thought that it would be um, fitting and really helpful to talk about how everybody has mental health. Everybody does. Yes, (laughs) we all have mental health. And kind of explore some ways that we can support mental and emotional well-being. Specifically, I always find that it can be helpful to hear um, like firsthand experiences or personal experiences kind of. So um, to begin with, maybe we can kind of open up and begin this conversation by exploring kind of how Kristen and I have come to our own understanding of mental health. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you have anything to add before I. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like mental, like our understanding of mental and emotional well-being, and um, like ways to care for it and support it that we've sort of learned over. I don't know about you, Sammy, but I certainly have a lot more uh, knowledge around how to care for myself in those ways, um, around those aspects of myself now than I, uh, did, you know, in early adulthood and, and, um, you know, beginning my journey around this stuff. So I think, yeah, I feel like our experiences maybe might be a helpful sort of just jumping off point, right? Like just, just so we can get the conversation rolling and see like, and for you all listening, just like, what are we talking about kind of thing? Like, I agree with you, Sammy, I think anecdotal things and just hearing how things have applied for others can be so helpful in recognizing like we all humans have such similar base needs. Um, And so when we hear other people's stories, we often hear ourselves reflected in them in some way. So that's the um, sort of place from which we would be sharing about ourselves is like, hoping that that, um, that will resonate for some of you and you can see yourselves in our experiences and hear perhaps something that might be, uh, that either you can relate to that makes you feel understood, or that might be supportive for you in your journey. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I think when you reflect on, um, experiences, I was thinking of this when you mentioned like how you feel that you, um, have a, a more expansive awareness of how to support yourself now. And I think, you do now in 10 years from now, you'll have even more. It's like an evolving yeah. journey and reflection is a huge part of self-awareness, which is to me kind of what it, everything kind of centers around is that self-awareness piece. And yeah. so when we reflect on these things, it's helpful to even understand, oh, I do know these things. It's, I think a lot of times, how do we now, um, put them into motion or how do I now take this awareness and, um, utilize it so that you can find the tools to support yourself and that it can look like so many different, it can, it can, um, 
manifest in so many different ways and so many different forms too. And that's something that I hear myself say all the time. And I hear clients say all the time is like, well, I know this now, what do I do? Right? Like in that disconnect that we can sometimes feel between that self-awareness, perhaps peace of like, yeah, I know this about myself. And then there was this action orientation, um, that we want to know how to apply it. Right. And so I think, uh, by sharing our own experiences and, and starting there, we'll probably get to both of those things, like how we come to understand ourselves more fully and how we can grow that self-awareness piece that I totally agree with you is like the cornerstone of, of mental, emotional well-being. We have to know ourselves to be able to care for ourselves, right? Like, and so um, I'm sure a lot of what we'll both share will be around uh, self-awareness as a concept and as a practice. Um, and then also ways that we've learned through that lens of self-awareness now that I know myself what do I do how do I how can that self-awareness be the foundation of taking better care of me and what would that look like yeah absolutely and taking care of better care of you mind body and spirit too because I think to segue I suppose um for me in my own journey really understanding how much mental health is physical health is emotional health is spiritual health and how we are such integrated and interconnected beings. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I've been thinking about this a lot this month in particular, because I'm seeing so much advocacy around mental health awareness month, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but that there are so many different elements that play into our mental health and that it doesn't like supporting your mental health. Doesn't just mean going to therapy. Obviously I'm quite the advocate for that. (laughs) However, um, however, it's not only limited to that. And I think it's like expanding our awareness of that. I'm absolutely seeing that, um, in a broader perspective right now. And I think in a more collective way, we are, um, as humans becoming more aware of these things and becoming more aware of the importance of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to kind of narrow it in more on my own journey, the self-awareness piece, I think was the, the, the big piece. Mm-hmm. And whenever I talk about self-awareness with clients or just with other people, I think for me, the biggest piece that comes out that can be a struggle about that is accountability and understanding the role of accountability that plays into that. So in my own journey is not just understanding what your needs are, but how like exploring within that awareness, how we can get those needs met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> so I, I was just going to say, for me, it was this journey of not separating physical health and mental health. Mm. It was understanding because I've shared, you know, on the podcast before I was a dancer and physical health was a really big part of my upbringing. And it always just kind of felt like the mental health part was there and not that it wasn't talked about, but it still felt separate. Mm -hmm. And it was like, for me, dance was kind of like an outlet where I started to recognize, oh, these are two pieces that are actually really integrated mm-hmm. because, you know, it sure it could, you know, it helped my body feel better maybe, but it was really understanding how integrated my body was with my mental and emotional well-being and how, um, regulating my emotions and everything was so integral in accessing that connection. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm glad that I didn't interrupt because that was the question I was going to ask you was like, how is it related to that um, integration that you were talking about of like noticing that um, that self-awareness was so important because you were realizing these different parts of you were really all deeply interconnected. And so you answered it. So I'm glad I didn't like <laughs> and ask that. But I am thinking, you know, like in this really beautiful example that you're sharing, even in that context of like um, being a dancer, I, I, my understanding, I don't have any experience in dance, but um, well, very minimal, like, you know, like the basics when you're younger, um, not as at all a professional level. Um, But my understanding is that like, you know, dancers are incredibly strong physically, right? Like there's a lot of physical strength, um, which I know I've seen in you. And like, so then that aspect though, I would imagine has sort of a mental emotional equivalent right like if you are feeling strong in your body or you have an experience of like the capacity that your body has or what you can do physically that that also like can you talk about whether or not that felt like it was a layered experience in any way I'm just imagining that it must overlap somehow oh absolutely absolutely Actually, as you're saying that, it's kind of making me think of another thing that has come up for me a lot through my journey in layers, um, the strength piece and the need to be, um, obviously in dance, there's a lot of performance, Mm -hmm. not there doesn't always have to be right. But, um, the performance or of having to execute technique in a certain way, but specifically the strength around that. And I found that over time, although the very thing that was really supportive for me also started to come up for me in my mental health of like, I, I have to always be strong. I always have to be put together. And, you know, this is layered in with for everyone. We all have relational <laughs> patterns and familial patterns and everything kind of in that, um, it was a really interesting juxtaposition because it became, um, something where I certainly didn't know this for years after, but it became something where it was definitely representing that like need to be strong all the time. And I think it's like, it's such an, I'm not going to say it's a beautiful experience of processing this or discovering it, but to be able to see the parallels that come up where, and I think this is sort of what you were getting at, where it's like, you're recognizing the physiological experience of something. And, and of course the messaging that goes into that as well, but how that can then translate to your mental and emotional awareness, expression, experience. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly, um, I think a big discovery in my own experience, um, through school, through, um, like, you know, becoming a counselor and then also through my own therapy experiences as well as a client where it's really just I like to call it rediscovery because I think that's like, we know we are. And to me, I always say like, our bodies are the wisest elements of ourselves. It's just rediscovering that mm-hmm. awareness and then knowing what to do with it. Because I mean, there can be, it's like, oh, I remember now that I know what this is, what the fuck do I do with this now? Yeah, totally. Valid question. <laughs> and I think you are like, um, talking about something that's probably, first of all, so relatable, um, but also speaks to the importance of that self-awareness piece, again, in the sense of like, in some ways that, you know, we're using strong as an example, because I think physicality and strength uh, sort of like naturally go together in my mind. Um, like you, that's one clear uh, manifestation of physicality is experiencing physical strength, right? 
um, but how that can be both a source of mental and emotional strength for you and also how it could be complicated, how it could, we could sort of go to extremes with any, I think, and I think that I certainly do have, still do, can, um, and I would imagine most people, if not all people, have that same experience where there's like an aspect, when an aspect of self gets sort of um, dramatized or like emphasized or like um, just really um, sort of what am I like enmeshed with, right? Like if it's really uh, like a huge emphasis on this part of myself, then we can move into imbalance with those things. And how does that affect our mental and emotional well-being? So I love that you're bringing up something that has been both a source of a source of mental and emotional well-being and a challenge for it. And that I think that just brings up the complexity of human experience and, and of mental health, where it's like, it's not one or the other, like something can be incredibly helpful and also have an edge to it. Yes. Well, and that brings me into the, for me, I think the first time I ever heard the term both and it was like, my mind was blown. Like, Oh, right. (laughs) Oh, that's the, that's the accountability. That's the, what the fuck do I do? It's like the response to that is, Oh, first of all, mental and emotional strength does not mean you just have your stuff together all the time at all. And I think that was like, like at all, (laughs) at all, at all. And yet that's a very collective, um, common misconception, I think. Right. And so recognizing and, and also challenging the societal, um, pressures and expectations and everything that are put on us that I felt was put on me to say, you know, being emotionally strong, being mentally strong does not mean that you don't, um, support yourself in these ways or break down or, um, you know, feelings, (laughs) feelings, feel your feelings, you know, validate those. Right. And, and I think it's like, I, I grew up in a household that talked about emotions a lot. So it's not that that was the piece that was missing for me. And I think that it speaks to like, we all have to go through this ourselves. It's all, we all have our own unique manifestation of this in our journeys. And it's really important to like, I think, um, continue to, like I was saying before, rediscover that and discover your own path through (laughs) that. And so that was another piece for me where it was like, oh, I can kind of forge, I, I can. And also like, shit, I have to, (laughs) right. And, um, and again, there's the both. I was going to say, yeah, there's that both. And (laughs) And I think another thing that was always, I actually, a dance teacher said this to me one time years ago, the, like, what does it feel like to change have to, to get to, Mm-hmm. And that like, notice what happens because it's not always going to feel good. It's not always going like, you're probably going to feel resistant to that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really important to lean into the resistance. And other times it's important to really acknowledge why is that resistance coming up? Well, it's always important to recognize, that. <laughs> but, um, but like to, you know, to heed that and to, to really check in with yourself around why it may be, um, let's say the resistance is warning you to like you're going too far in one direction or something like that. It's, it's our own, um, self-protective kind of, um, mechanism, but also how much is that, um, creating limitations for you in your journey. And that was something for me that I, 
acknowledged and recognized. And so it was right around the time for me that I was going through my graduate program. A lot of things in my personal life were being shaken up and everything. And it felt like it was, I think, (laughs) I think I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this where sometimes you're just like, oh, so now I have no option, but to go through some of these things. (laughs) But it can be easy to say that you still have an option, right? There's always that option. Um, but to really acknowledge that. And, and for me too, there were maybe mental, emotional things aren't the things that are making you quote unquote, go through it, but the physiological manifestations of your emotional and mental health Mm -hmm. can also be really great indicators. And that sounded so like clinical. What I mean by this <laughs> is really, um, like guides. Yeah. Yeah. Like messengers, like pointers kind exactly. of right? like, a, like a portal into what's going on for you. And to say like, okay, all of this stuff is going on, but I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. And then your body's kind of like, but are you, what is fine really? <laughs> and like, uh, we're going to get you to pay attention one way or another, right? Like, uh, exactly. And then that sort of full circles back to your experience of like, oh, these things are all interconnected. So I love that that was like your uh, sort of intro into the realm of mental health and your experiences with it. Uh, I would love to hear some of the ways that you support your mental health, Sammy, but I'm wondering if maybe like. I don't know what would make the most sense if I talk a little bit about my experience with mental health and then we talk about both of our ways that we support ourselves. Is that better flow? Yeah. Yeah. So, so differently from your experience um, with like coming into this uh, interconnectedness space, I really found um, my experience with moving into awareness of mental health, my own mental health and my experiences with it um, really impacted by sort of like uh, insight, I guess, would be like self-understanding. Um, and so for me, I think I, I really took for granted the things that contribute to who I experience myself to be. So I sort of, um, you know, before I knew a lot about mental health, just kind of figured like I am who I am because it's who I am. <laughs> like, I like, didn't really think a whole lot about that in any sort of really reflective way necessarily, but I started to experience, um, you know, and of course had like different hardships throughout life as I'm sure everyone has in their own ways. Um, but around, I would say like young adulthood, like 18 to 22 ish, Mm -hmm. um, really started to look at the things that had contributed to the way that I was walking in the world and how I was experiencing myself. And, and so being in therapy at that time, you know, feeling like things were, um, you know, like I sort of have like the image of like a snow globe shaking up, um, kind of like that's where I was at that time in my life. Everything was just sort of all over the place and, and in transition, it felt like everything was up in the air and I was in therapy at that time. And that because, and not because I thought I would have any kind of like, uh, deeper experience of who I am, but it was just more like this hurts and I don't want to hurt. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm, I'm feeling, um, emotional pain is what like drove me to, to seek therapy initially. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I had had like a handful of experiences in adolescence and like in therapy also, but none that are really like memorable. I don't know. Um, I just don't have like a lot of recollection of those experiences. It was, I think probably partially because it's not voluntary. Like I didn't go into it thinking like, I want to go with this intention. Here's what's going on for me. And I'm seeking support around it. Right. Like, so for me, that young adulthood space of like, I'm really, and I think that's part of where I started to have this concept of like, these two things are connected, mental and emotional well-being are connected. I think when we talk about mental health in a very general conversational way, myself included, we're really talking about emotional well-being just as much as we're talking about mental well-being, right? Like often when we're saying like, I'm struggling with my mental health, what we're saying really is like, I'm emotionally hurting, you know, like um, I feel I feel something deeply and it's like uh, creating distress in me. Right. Uh, And so that was my experience at that time. And, and in, in my therapy experience, um, I was lucky enough to have a really good provider at that time that I really started to look at how my life circumstances Mm -hmm. and the things that I was exposed to and the relationships that I had been a part of, how those things were impacting how I saw my current day relationships, how I, how I expressed myself within those relationships, my worldview around what, um, was, you know, acceptable and unacceptable behavior value systems. Um, but the most, the biggest like impact, I think that, that, that experience had for me, as far as my awareness and mental health was shifting blame, uh, from myself, Mm. like starting to really understand some of these things are about how I reacted in circumstances that were out of my control and starting to cultivate this lens of like, Oh, well, shit, this isn't like, I suck. This isn't like, there are like really good understandable reasons why I'm responding in the way I am, why I'm feeling the way I am, why I see things the way I do. Not that those are like things that I want to continue, right? Like they might be things that are super not supportive for my current day self, but there's a really good explanation for how they came to be. And the explanation is not that I'm a shitty person or I suck at life or like, um, I'm just destined to like, this is who I am at my core and I'm just destined to be this forever. And so pulling apart that experience of who I am and what I've experienced, Mm -hmm. you know, separating those things and understanding how they played together and created the dynamic of how I was experiencing the world and my relationships was such a powerful and impactful Mm -hmm. uh, aspect of starting. That's where I really started to understand my own mental health in that. So it was like a very insight, understanding based, uh, evolution, if you will. Well, and it makes me think of how like integrative mental health is, but when we're talking about integrative, we're integrating different things and your experience of, um, disentangling them and understanding how all of these different elements. And it makes me think of that accountability piece. Accountability doesn't just mean like taking accountability. It's also understanding like, where am I taking accountability where it wasn't mine? Yeah. And that is so like such an important part of that process. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel so uh, grateful to go through that process with clients as well on the, on the therapist. And I'm sure you have that experience as well, Sammy, where people start to realize like, 
oh shit, like this is like understandable. This is like really like, how could I not have, you know, had that sort of experience or, or it makes so much sense that I'm, you know, um, behaving in X, Y, or Z way to try to get, you know, something that I didn't have access to or whatever the case may be. And I think that is such an empowering aspect of mm. mental health work, uh, whether you're doing it with a therapist, or I want to just sort of say also, cause I'm talking about therapy myself, whether you're doing it with a therapist or not, like, yeah. I think that's something that you can, you can be self-reflective. You can be, you know, you can access, um, all kinds of, uh, like other resources as well to support your own internal inquiry, right? Like it doesn't, uh, it, it's not only therapy that could have that impact. It just happened to be that for me. Right. Absolutely. Well, and that's the reflective piece that is so important that certainly therapy can hold such a, um, it can, it doesn't always, but it can hold such a, um, reflective container, but that it isn't limited to therapy. But that reflection piece is so important because you're learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing a lot of um, like a, the general theme that's coming up too is like compassion. You're looking, when we reflect, we can look at things from a different lens too and continue to cultivate that lens and how you're experiencing yourself and others too. Yeah. And I think, I know we've spoken to this in other episodes that we've done, but like those sort of core components of curiosity and compassion and really, um, being, you know, and and in some ways this is spoken to in like yoga philosophy, that non-judgmental sort of witness consciousness self. Right. Um, but of really asking yourself when we've definitely said this in, I've said this in another episode, but where sometimes I'll hear clients say like, Oh my God, why do I do that? Like, so flip, you know, and like, sorry, sort of sarcastically and just like, uh, definitely laced with uh, judgment and self-shaming, right? Like there's like a, Ugh. <laughs> like, right? why do I do this? Um, and I certainly, you know, have that happen for me as well. And, and really shift it, challenging ourselves to shift that when we talk about the importance of mental health and we talk about how we can support our own mental health that everyone has, um, part of it is moving from that place of, what's my like basically what's my fucking problem to what is my like what's going on with me is if there's something coming up it must be valid and giving really giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt in that way um and perhaps exercising something that some like we might not have received from other people like maybe we're not getting the benefit of the doubt from other relationships in our life where we really deserve and need it And so it can be hard to access that within ourselves when we haven't had it modeled for us, but that being the core place of how do I move toward myself in a way of really wanting to know, really wanting to understand, really wanting, like being curious and compassionate. And I think that that maybe is why, um, that part of my own work stood out to me because it was such a game changer for me to be like, oh, maybe it's not all my fault. Maybe I'm not just like this shitty person uh, that can't get it right. And like all the things that are happening in my life are because I'm flawed in some kind of way. And I'm always shocked. And I don't know um, if you'll have anything to add to this, Sammy, but I, I, I had the experience like that. I was the only person that was like this flawed, right? I was like, I'm awful and everyone else is totally fine, but I'm awful and nobody else must feel like this, like, 
way. Um, and so every time I talk to most people have some experience of feeling that way in some way, like, I'm flawed and um, everyone else seems to be doing fine. And so I think there's that piece too of like, we don't talk necessarily about that experience of feeling like it's me and I'm the one with the flaw. Um, and so we don't realize how universal that experience can be also. Yeah. Well, I think that right, right there is why destigmatizing mental health and emotional health and normalizing these conversations is so important because it is absolutely a collective experience. And like we each uniquely experience it, but from an objective standpoint, it is absolutely a collective experience. Mm -hmm. And of course it is, because if you're not talking about it, then why else would you think otherwise? Right. Right. There's no way for anyone to sort of, uh, inform you to the contrary, because you're, you're not like saying anything to have someone say, Oh, that I, I experienced that too. Yeah. Well, and I should specify too, not so much that if, if you're not talking about it, if you're not seeing other people or hearing other right. people talking about it, right. then like, why would you talk about it? It can feel, yes, I absolutely resonate with that where it's like, is this, this isn't even a thing to talk about because I'm the only one experiencing this. Yeah. Or that happens so much that you're almost blinded to it yourself. It's just, well, this is just how it is. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I do believe that we're moving into a space mm-hmm. where mental health in general is talked about much more and not just much more period, but much more accurately. Like, Hey, this is a human thing that everybody has and we all have emotions and we all have responses to those emotions. And so I think where in the past mental health has been sort of, um, talked about in, in a way that is not accurate, in my opinion, like, in language of like disorders and um, illnesses and like, right. Like we still have that language to some extent, but I think in, in, in the clinical realm, we still have that language, but in our conversational and our social and cultural context, we're starting to move toward an understanding of like, this is how people are. Like people have feelings. People are complex. They hold many different experiences. They're affected by their environment. Their internal environment is affected by their external environment. Their external uh, behavior is affected by their internal experiences. So so we're starting to understand and talk more openly about the complexity of the human experience and the ways that can show up. And that, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about mental health as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, and and it's like, not that I think we're there right now, but it's kind of the way that we just, I don't even normalize doesn't even seem like the right word when we talk about physical health. Mm-hmm. And I'm, again, I'm saying this from a more broad perspective because there are lots of things with things within physical health that we don't normalize or talk about either. But right. from that broad perspective, I think of like seeking support around physical health, going to the doctor or different things like that in our, um, society and in media and things has, historically been a lot more normalized and typical than even referencing mental health, which is, I think a lot of times where you get the, like, Oh, I don't have mental health. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, okay, you have a mind. The name of this podcast episode (laughs) states, everybody has a mental health. Like you have a mind, you have mental health, right? Just like you have physical health and emotional health and spiritual health. Um, and, and I think it, it can feel like it's othering, And which is exactly what we're talking about, where it's like, this kind of sounds counterintuitive, but othering where it's like, I'm the only one who's feeling like this. So I feel othered then from other people. But when there's that awareness, it's just like when someone, when someone shares an experience and you're like, oh my God, me too. It just feels so like, oh, whether it's mental health related or not, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
that is such an important part of life and part of getting to know yourself too, in terms of allowing yourself to open up to those places within you. And I think another thing to normalize is that it's a process. Mm. It takes time to, and I'm in no way, and I know Crystal's not saying this either, <laughs> saying that we're like, oh, we're here. We've, we've oh no, <laughs> it's like absolutely um, a continuous journey. And I think the more that you um, dive into your journey, the more you become aware of that. But there's like that's where the compassion comes in, and that is, um, that's where the growth comes from. And finding ways to be able to support that is really important. Um, I know we've talked about self-care and things like that, um, but maybe, you know, kind of segueing our conversation into talking about some of the ways that we can take care of our mental health and support our mental health and emotional well-being. Yeah. And I, so for me, I feel like that, that self-awareness piece that we're talking about, um, you know, Sammy and I talk about it a lot because we believe in it really strongly. And it's, I think a thing that you'll, uh, continue to hear come up if you listen to this podcast with any kind of regularity, but I would say for me, that's the foundation for being able to support for myself. Um, and I, I would also say for others, um, that that's, one really solid way to start to build in supporting your mental health, because when you know yourself well, then you know how to um, sort of, so for myself, I'll say, like, I know how to move into my strengths and I know how to do that in a way that feels really good nourishing, fulfilling. I know what kinds of things will light me up and give me that kind of feeling that's really good for my mental and emotional well-being that feels that sense of like satisfying. So um, for me, I really like um, information. I really like um, I have strengths around like absorbing information, sharing information, right? Like, and so I, I get a sense of this, just one example um, to sort of concretize this, but so I get nourishment, I get fulfillment and mental and emotional well-being from putting myself in experiences where I feel like I'm leaning on my strengths, I'm developing my strengths, um, I'm, you know, being recognized for my strengths, that feels good, right? Um, and so that's one aspect, but also knowing that with strengths come limitations. And in that way, what I really mean is like a strength in one arena is a limitation in another, right? Like, and so right. just like my, uh, I really love, you know, I'll stay with the example of like information and ideas. Um, that can make me sort of very hyper-focused. Um, and like, so that can be a limitation sometimes in say a uh, social context. If I'm like really focused on something that has my interest at a particular moment, um, you know, teaching on that topic might be moving into my strengths and feel really good trying to, um, you know, sort of engage with a social group that's not, in that particular space at that particular time with that idea that I'm like really focused on might have a sense of like, oh, uh, I don't feel as able to connect here. It's like, a, a, I'm so focused on this. It's a limitation in this context. So like all of our strengths, I feel like are double in that way. If you're really detail oriented, it can be really great in one arena and really uh, you know, challenging in another arena, right? It's like, so those kinds of things 
But when I know what my limitations are, then I also know how to support myself well. So it's like, so if I stay with that example of I have a certain interest that I'm like following down the rabbit hole and I really want to talk about it, can I create a social context for myself with someone or with a group of someone that will engage with me in that will will have a shared interest or are as excited as I am so I can feel the energy of that and in so doing might have more energy to also engage in in the ideas and experiences um, of others that are not that hyper focused for me right in that so how do I start to understand myself in ways that support me in being in the world in in those are like really sort of um, benign kind of examples of what that could look like, but that's just one way. Yeah, no, I love that. It makes me think of um, like seasons and how to support yourself and like what you've all heard me say a million times, but meeting yourself where you are, that's like a huge, um, if I were to just summarize kind of how I support myself is like try my best to do that. And um, to me, that can come up with like, if you think about like the seasons, um, of the year, your needs are different throughout the seasons, right. Especially when you live in a, in an area where you experience different seasons. Right. And so, um, so, you know, during the winter, you may need more, more supports to keep you warm and there is less daylight. So there's, you know, you need candles or lights or things like that versus in the summertime you, um, you need things to help keep you cool and your interests shift too. And so I think of maybe this goes along with the seasons. I know a lot of, um, for a lot of people that it really does, but understanding your own seasons and they don't need to be arbitrary seasons, but the, the art, I think of meeting yourself where you are is recognizing that different things can be supportive to you at different times and to not force something because it feels like it should be supportive. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, that comes through like creativity and movement are both things that are like super, super helpful for my mental health. And I know that sometimes they are also, um, practices that I use to avoid dealing with certain things too. And so becoming aware, like, and sometimes that's okay. It just needs to happen that way. Right. But becoming aware of those things for me has been really helpful. And again, is a continuous journey, believe me, but becoming aware of, okay, today or in this season of my life, what is going to be supportive and what, what needs to be supported right now too, because, um, I know we've been talking about like mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health, but like, there's so many different elements within each of those elements too. And so being able to meet and identify, and that's where this self-awareness piece comes in and why Kristen and I keep talking about that, because it's like, all of these things are very challenging without that self-awareness. And like, we all have levels of self-awareness. It's just a big part of that is also building some self-trust and just leaning into mm-hmm. accessing some of that and asking how that may show up for you in any given moment. Yeah. And exploration and experimentation, right? Like it's like, so I sort of kind of think maybe this would feel good. Well, let's try it and find out. Right. And like, and to your point, Sammy too, about like the seasons and and different things at different times, like just because it didn't feel good this one time 
doesn't mean that it wouldn't at a different time, right? Um, like trusting yourself, of course, if, if you're like, no, that's not for me, then that's fine. But if you're like, yeah, I keep being curious about this thing, but it just didn't land or something, um, maybe it wasn't the time for it, but maybe a different time it would be. And so like, I think being willing to um, have different experiences. So, so often we can lean on the familiar out of a sense of comfort and, um, Honestly, sometimes, especially if we feel like we're struggling in a mental or emotional health place, mm-hmm. out of like a feeling of limited bandwidth, right? Like I can't try one more thing. I just don't have it, um, you know, and to whatever degree, like, so then what would be just really kind to you? You know, like I say, um, sometimes I'll say to my clients, like, it's okay to be sad, but you can also be sad in comfy pants. Yes. Like, <laughs> Like, it's like, that's why you could be sad with like your favorite show on Netflix and you could be sad with like a cup of tea, right? Like it doesn't. So what are those things that are just like, I'm not trying. And I think this might be um, like a good takeaway. I'm not trying to not be how I am. Like, I'm not trying to not feel how I feel. I'm just trying to take care of me while I feel it. Yes. Well, and that's what we mean when we say support. Mm-hmm. Support taking care of doesn't mean taking away or making go away. It means like, how can we s- support through? Mm-hmm. And I think that absolutely, I completely agree. That is like, if you're taking anything away from this episode, that is the most important part is that when we're, when we're holding space for our mental health, whatever that may be looking like for you right now how to hold space in a compassionate way to feel and not make go away because it's not going to, and that's not kind of, um, that's not what that support looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when we're saying we all have mental health, what we're really saying is all of us will continually experience forever fluctuations in how we're feeling, right? Like there will always be times where we feel really good. There will be times where we feel really shitty. There will be tons of times in between. There will be, um, you know, lots of movement in our subjective experience. And there are ways that we can support ourselves in trying to access more of the things that make us feel good. That's an option. That's part of what can be good mental health support practices, but also it's in the not trying to avoid the things that are hard and knowing that that's just as much a part of human experience and life as the good stuff is. And so then how do we get through those things? How do we be kind to ourselves, support ourselves? And when the really beautiful thing I think about that is as we learn how to take good care of ourselves and what works for us, we also through that like lens of self-compassion generate a deeper understanding and deeper ability to be with other people if they're struggling as well. And yes. so it's like this really wonderful ripple effect of like, I'm going to take such good care of me that I also have a better understanding of how to be with you uh, if you're in a space of needing or benefiting from support as well. Yes. Beautifully put. I absolutely. Yes. (laughs) So I feel like we've been uh, all around in this particular episode, but I feel also like it's mental health is a big topic, right? It is all around. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It can feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
It does not. It can. It does feel like that. <laughs> well, and honestly, when Sammy and I were talking about, we're like, we're just going to get on here and talk about just, you know, mental health in a general way of like everybody experiences it. And here's some ways it can look because when realistically, and again, circling full circle back to where Sammy started, mental health touches literally every other aspect of our life. So we could talk about any experience through the lens of mental health. And we could tell when we talk about mental health, we're going to end up touching on other experiences because it's, those are the things that affect our mental health and the way that we experience ourselves and our mental health, right. Is through all these different aspects of relationship work, you know, our internal experience with ourselves, our interpersonal experiences right. of meaning, you know, all these different ways that um, we experience ourselves in the world and all of it is mental health. All of it is you. Absolutely. <laughs> all of it is you and all of it has to do with your mental health. Yes. Well, I think we did it. I think we, we did. We got as comprehensive as we could. <laughs> and I could go on and on about this. Yeah. I feel like I need to perhaps like stop here. <laughs> challenge, us, challenge us to stop here um, and hope that this, this was supportive to you and that you could hear yourself in our stories um, or take something away that was beneficial to you yeah. from this conversation. And thank you, Sammy, for sharing today. Yes, thank you. I appreciate your vulnerability and opening up. And I think that this is just such an important conversation to continue to have. And it's a connective conversation too. Absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you again in our next episode. Bye. Bye.